How are we feeling? First day, new school, are you nervous? I'm feeling exhausted, hopeless, and I don't enjoy the things that I once loved. Where are you getting this from? The Zolash commercial, obviously. There's this really sweet guy in my yoga class. I've only been separated for five months. Girls, it's my birthday. Let's okay. have fun. Hi. So I'd like to offer to buy your drinks. Really? Yes. Manager is making me ask for your ID. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm definitely old enough to drink alcohol. Me too. Obviously. I just always act out on my birthday. It's like my own personal New Year's Eve. Well, I just go like, what? <laughs> and I just reel it back to normal. Did you watch these? I did, but um, only because I was doing a load and I've been up since 5.30. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show where we're unthawing a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we are smack dab in the middle of You Had Me at Below, uh, our first themed month for... February it's all about romance movies and man I'm so glad that we're watching this movie <laughs> or that we're talking about this movie I wanted to do this movie for a very long time on the show because I just think that it is so charming in the um the the most Californian uh white woman way and yes. I'm so excited that we get to talk about it <laughs> Perfect description. That's exactly what it is. Um, and uh, before we uh, get all the way into it, the movie that we're unthawing today is 2017's Home Again, uh, written and directed by Haley Meyer Shire. And um, you said you had the Rotten Tomato score and consensus pulled up? I do. I've got my shit together today. Oh, man. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. Okay. The score on the tomato meter is 32%. And the critics' consensus is Home Again gathers a talented crowd of rom-com veterans on both sides of the camera, all of whom have unfortunately done far better work. Yeah. That's probably true. Oh, well, okay. So I want to talk about it for a little bit because uh, Hallie Meyer Shire is the daughter of Charles Shire and Nancy Myers. And right. Nancy Myers uh, co-produced the film. I believe both of them uh, had some sort of producerial role mm-hmm. um, on on Home Again. And it is, I went to go see this in 2017 and... Uh, was so pleasantly surprised by it as I tend to be by movies Mm -hmm. like this because Mm -hmm. they exist in this weird mid-range spot that like just doesn't appear in the movie theaters anymore yeah Um, unless they're incredibly incredibly niche like this is um I would say I hesitate to call it that because Reese Witherspoon is still relatively young, but it is very much a like group of ladies of a certain age Sunday matinee movie. I'd say that's that's probably pretty fair. Um, like your like your book club, like you know all those movies that come out. Um, <clears throat> what was the one? with uh there was one with diane keaton (laughs) a while ago and i can't remember what it was but she's she's like a regular player in this kind of movie as well and i think um uh, they did this movie on blank check some time ago because they did like a whole nancy myers uh sort of mini series and Mm -hmm. they said that um they believe and i uh, believe them because they're much closer to the industry than we are mm-hmm. um that the movie was originally written for a younger lead than reese witherspoon mm. which makes a ton of sense to me mm-hmm. um because um the kids kind of feel like afterthoughts they end up availing themselves pretty well even though they're afterthoughts and yeah, then, i think so secondly hallie meyer shire is pretty young to begin with and it seems autobiographical just because 
her parents are filmmakers mm-hmm. and um the <clears throat> and Reese Witherspoon's characters uh, parents or filmmakers so they uh, I there's a lot of that back and forth um uh, rhyming between her life and the life of mm-hmm. the the central protagonist of this but I I, I want to know just off bat what did you think about it I really enjoyed it I wasn't like like super out of this world wowed by it I wasn't super enthusiastic going into it because this isn't mm-hmm. the type of film I, I generally gravitate towards watching these days. Yeah. But um, my watching habits right now, because they're just really weird <laughs> because <laughs> pandemic, I'm not watching anything new these days except what I watched for this. Um, and I was just, I was like, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by how good it is. Uh, I have three new sons now, so that's fun. Um, well, that's the thing. I this is this is probably my fourth or fifth time seeing it, and mm-hmm. uh, when we were teeing up for the end of the episode last week, I had said that it uh, it introduced uh, these three boyfriend dads, and mm-hmm. then you were just like, "Oh, I have three new sons," and I was just like, "Okay, I can kind of see that as well. They sort of exist in this weird middle ground." Yeah, they do. And I would say um, George, the one who is also in Set It Up. Um, yes, he's, he's, that's my ride, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's freaking delightful. Uh, he is the most boyfriend dad-like. Of yes, of them. And um, Teddy, Nat Wolf's character, is the most um, son like mm-hmm. I would say, did like this, in, in his movie, relationship to Reese. Right, okay, yeah. Did this movie win you over on the Nath Wolf front? Oh my god, a hundred percent. I want to issue a public apology <laughs> to Nat Wolf. I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I we had previously had a conversation in a group chat about the Wolf Brothers. Yes. There's Nat and there's Alex. And I was like, eh, I adore Alex. I think he's great. He's in a lot of really good things. I could take or leave Nat. Um, because the only thing I'd seen him in was Death Note. Ah. And that was that movie was fucking awful. Like, well, yeah, everybody's bad in Death Note. <laughs> yeah, no one's good there. Like, Lakeith Stanfield's in that, and he's not good. Like, yeah. really not good in it. No one is. Um, so th- Actually, I, want- I take that back. I think Shea Wingham, who plays Nat Wolf's dad, is pretty good in that movie. But Shea Wingham can lift the, the best of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Christian Sloan, who only gets to speak approximately 15 words, but I love him anyway. Yeah. Um, he only is there to walk off of a building at one point. Shout out to Christian Slaw. Yeah. <laughs> so my deepest and most heartfelt apologies to Nat Wolf. Um, I am your mother now. <laughs> so uh, I am so sorry I ever said anything bad about you ever. You're precious and you're, I love you. I think he, he makes a pretty good rom-com lead. But he didn't have to do that heavy lifting Mm-mm. again. He was it's, it's like the perfect guy split into like three guys. Yeah, yeah. Like all Nat Wolf had to do in this was just be remarkably adorable and like and very he accomplished pos- and it. very like like puppy possessive <laughs> over <laughs> Alice. A, he is a puppy. He's <laughs> a sweet little golden retriever. And he, I, because he was the only one of the three that I did not get vibes that he was necessarily in love with Alice. Mm -hmm. I think he was just like, they just had this very like found family. I just want to look after you. Clearly your ex-husband's a manipulative shit bag. Mm -hmm. I just got that vibe. I didn't get like, I want to bone you vibes from him well, yeah and he even says as much uh in the middle of the movie that yeah. he's the only one of them that is not like falling head over heels for the alice character and i want right. to talk a little bit about the alice character because i think 
that uh, it's a testament to Reese Witherspoon's performance that she can take such a tried and true archetype like a busy mom who's uh, busy at things, uh, but like is also uber competent. Like it is, Mm -hmm. um, she, the only thing that seems to be disrupting her life are things that aren't particularly disruptive to her ability to function. So she's got this ex-husband, Martin Short in uh, New York. Michael 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 Sheen. Sheen, not Martin. Who's who's Martin Short? He's the he's the duo with him and uh, um, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh yeah, he's the one from Father of the Bride. There's too many. <laughs> there's too many Martins and Michaels which in their life. Because name. there's there's Martin Short. There's Michael Sheen, and then there's Martin Sheen. And then there's Martin and Sheen. Yeah. I almost kept writing Martin Sheen, but I was like, nope, wrong Sheen. This is the Sheen that I have more experience with. I love Michael Sheen. I think he's great. I think he's ridiculously talented. He is so shitty in this. <laughs> he's so shitty. In a way that... Mm, I don't want to, like, punch his face. I just want to be like, come on, man. Get, go home. Just right. Get out of here. Yeah, so we start the movie in uh, Reese Witherspoon. Is, she's a single mom who's living in... Her father's house and her father was a very famous movie producer. The ha- Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the Myers Shire collective and their contributions to film. Um, <laughs> because, okay, so Nancy Myers sort of gets like written off sometimes and that's changed a lot within the mm-hmm. last, I would say, decade but she used to get written off a lot as sort of this sort of populist. But when they say populist, they mean it a little bit in a pejorative. Yeah, um, I could tell exactly. When you said populist, I was like, yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, this populist version of Nora Ephron. Uh, because Nora Ephron is like... Um, was all about the 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 dialogue and all about the conversations and like um, how getting two performers on screen at the same time, basically in a verbal tennis match with each other, mm-hmm. and that that is great. Um, David Sims on Blank Check. I'm sorry, I keep bringing up Blank Check. I really love that podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, said that when people say that they miss rom-coms they mean they miss Nora Ephron rom-coms and I Mm. think that's true to an extent but I Mm -hmm. think that people that is people dismissing Nancy Myers and um what she's able to do I saw this clip from the parent trap on Twitter and people were just uh, sort of like talking about oh how nostalgic it was and stuff like that but nancy myers in movies like the parent trap and especially in movies like the holiday i love the holiday mm-hmm. um is able to capture a level of joy or or, or, or is able to sort mm-hmm. of capture the joy in a moment in such a timeless way that I don't think that um, that I think differentiates her from Nora Ephron mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of really interesting and substantial ways. But like the dialogue might not always be as snappy or as engaging as say a Nora Ephron. But you know what Nancy Myers is going to give you? Tell Nancy, me. Nancy Myers is going to give you a kitchen backsplash. Uh, Nancy Myers is going to give you a sweeping helicopter shot of fucking Dennis Quaid's uh, vineyard in The Parent Trap. Mm -hmm. Nancy Myers is going to um, take this like objectively opulent and completely out of the range of most people's sort of lives and tax bracket lifestyle and, and make it as relatable as she can while mm-hmm. still making it feel fancy she is she mm-hmm. is her movies are the equivalent of like flipping through a really good magazine i 
Yeah. That that's yeah. my favorite. Whereas like Nora Ephron is really good at taking people in these situations. And yeah, they're very successful and stuff like that, but bringing them down to earth. Nancy Myers isn't particularly in Nancy Myers isn't particularly interested in bringing everything down to earth. She she's mm-hmm. gonna show you the 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 fancy dining room at the dinner party. She's going to mm-hmm. um show you the the sort of glossy modern version of Hollywood that you see in a movie because kind of that's what you're going to see a movie for. Yeah, yeah. I think both of those things definitely have their place and I'm not gonna like say that one of them is better than the other yeah. or like people have their preferences. I would say that for me personally the parent trap was more influential to me than any Nora Ephron movie I've ever seen. Like the parent trap was one of the movies of, I think of a lot of people, especially our ages, childhoods. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it remains iconic to this day. Yeah. Um, and and it is, and it is so much better than the Haley Mills version. I will fight anybody over the age of 40. <laughs> I will. I will I will physically I will I will engage you in fists to cuffs if <laughs> about Haley Mills's parent trap versus the Lindsay Lohan parent trap any day. But uh, but but that is that's also because like that was just sort of like a children's movie back in the day. And then they got mm-hmm. Nancy Myers to make it a full-blown like big studio romantic comedy which i think works a lot in its favor and i think a lot of that sensibility is passed down through hallie maya shire even in probably just in her life obviously Mm -hmm. this is a this is a life that she knows well enough to convey it with a level of fidelity that also makes it relatable to you and me and Mm -hmm. um and i i find it i i just find it a really fun um, sort of cinematic mood to live in. Mm-hmm. And her settings. I want. I want to talk about the sets and the score mm-hmm. because what a vibe she just creates an atmosphere in this that is so good. Like that house. I am the type of person who sits <laughs> and watches architectural digest videos mm-hmm. on youtube oh yes um they're great <laughs> <laughs> that house is just mm, it's so lovely it's mm-hmm. just, just this beautiful villa there is beautiful tile everywhere like it just uh, it, the uh, i i brought up the kitchen backsplashes because the kitchen immaculate the kitchen is the stuff made of dreams the backyard oh my god the backyard oh my god <laughs> everybody is I just gonna wanna... listen to this episode and they're gonna be like what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> but seriously no guys watch it and then pay attention to the backyard because it is the stuff of brunch picnic dreams i just want to spend all of my time i don't even i don't even like going outside but i just want to spend all of my time. But you'd go outside in if you that, had that backyard, yeah. Yeah, I would. I would just make pictures upon pictures of mimosas <laughs> and just never leave. And um, yeah, I and and like we're introduced to her to Alice's kids who are cute and precocious in the way that kids aren't usually cute and precocious, <laughs> but in the way that they are in yeah, movies. Um, right. And uh, she's like driving them to school and one of them is like quoting a Zoloft commercial and one of them is like, shut oh my God. up. <laughs> I related to that girl so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, uh, like, um, and she is this sort of, uh, she's trying to be an interior designer and she's got this client who's played by Lake Bell. Oh my God. It gave me, it gave me Anne Hathaway in Ocean's 8 vibes. So was this the first thing you ever saw Lake Bell in? Because Lake Bell is amazing. I don't think so. I'm Because I was like, she's super familiar. I'm sure I've seen her in other things. She She's great. I love that sort of like, she's really good at playing like the sort of out of it girl who is like, 
um too cool for school and like sort of like above everyone else in the movie but she's Mm -hmm. also really good at playing this sort of like completely unaffected um uh rich awful lady who expects you as a as a stand as a like a stander by right Uh, just to like do everything that she needs and she's really good at she's also um had a really good run as the voice of poison ivy in the harley quinn show and oh yeah she's fantastic in it so like they have uh lake bell in here as like her client who's kind of awful and so she's really stressed and um it's her birthday so she like goes out with her friends and this movie has just like a parade of great comedy talent one of the friends Mm -hmm. is jen kirkman who I was like, I've always been a fan of ever since Chelsea Handler had like her panel show on E! She was always on there. Mm. And uh, Dolly Wells, who um, is a great comic actress, but she also was the best part of that, in my opinion, really middling BBC Dracula from last year. Oh, Um, yeah, I never watched it. Yeah, she was like Van Helsing's great granddaughter, and she was like this badass about it. It was really cool. Um, but That's fun. But she and she's she's fun in here. But we're out. We're having a good time. Her friends are trying to set her up with people, and she's like, "No, no, I'm a busy business lady with two kids. You can't do anything but business and have kids." So. <laughs> Uh, she, <laughs> um, she goes to get drinks and then she, uh, meets, um, the other half of our story. Uh, right. Yeah. The boys. The boys. So let's, let's talk about the boys. We're introduced to them. Yeah. They're sort of like starving artists. They've just come to Los Angeles to sort of like, well, okay. First off, they've come to Los Angeles to sell their short film. Yeah. And make it a feature. Now, I have been to Los Angeles twice in my life. I know people who were adjacent to the industry. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is how it works. It is the romanticized ideal Mm -hmm. of how making it in Hollywood kind of works, especially because they fall into the lap of the daughter of some legendary filmmaker. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And, like, they're doing pretty well. Like, they've already got agents, and Mm -hmm. those agents are getting them set up in meetings and And stuff. And they love the film. Apparently, the film is very good. I wish we could have gotten to see a little bit of the film, but... Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so we are dealing, again, with uh, Harry, who's played by Pico Alexander, and obviously his name is Pico Alexander. Look at his face. Um, Yeah. And (laughs) Harry... I, it took me a really long... Because he's the only one we haven't talked about yet. (laughs) Yeah, he, it took me a really long time to come around to Harry. Because he gives off just, just the biggest fuckboy vibes. Just all of the fuckboy vibes. Um, so, I hate to bring this back into your life. But he has the same energy that Sebastian Stan had in that interview with Sharon Stone. The entire movie. Mm. And I and I don't mean to call your boy out any more than I regularly do. Say <laughs> you do all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> but like for you to be like, mm, eh, I don't know, and then and then That's your guy. Sebi was like that in one uno interview mm. okay one mm-hmm. pico alexander is like that in one movie also something that's funny about pico alexander and john Rud- john rudnitsky who plays george mm. they follow each other around to like tons of different projects they're in like three oh, different movies they? together they were in the hulu adaptation of catch 22 oh um and uh and, and all that stuff so I, I find it interesting that they sort of like hop around all these projects together that's fun and uh which like makes a lot of sense like um uh tyler hecklin and um what's his name ryan guzman from everybody wants some they've mm-hmm. been in several projects together because a lot of these people they go up they go out to hollywood they get into projects together and if they're just like working actors and they don't like make it big and become superstars, they like move in together and 
mm-hmm. like do all that kind of stuff. So a lot of a lot of that makes sense. And um, but th- these guys all came out to California to sell their movie, and they um, have a good meeting with some agents uh, that wants to uh, you know pitch their film out to uh, a movie producer who is so very obviously supposed to be based on Jason Blum because they're like, Oh, he's this horror guy. (laughs) And and he's super interested in your thing. But the, the producer is played by Reed Scott, AKA Marvel's Dan. Dan! When I saw his smug little face, (laughs) I screeched. That's so funny. I just, my note for him is just all caps, Marvel's Dan. Yep. <laughs> with lots of, with lots of, it's not going to show up, but lots of exclamation points. <laughs> so so um, the, they're setting up this meeting with the producer and stuff like that. So they all go out to celebrate and they end up at the same, I'm not going to call it a club. It looks like Savah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this sort of restaurant bar kind of thing. And Harry starts to hit on Alice. I know he's supposed to be seductive. And he sure does have some bone structure. Lot, lots of it. <laughs> um, um, it just, it took me a long time not to be like, you are just this sleazy fuckboy, you. And I do... I did come around to him eventually. Mm-hmm. It also took me a really long time to figure out what his role even was within their little merry band. Mm-hmm. Um, he is apparently the director of the short film. Um, Which but I was- is weird. I find that weird. Because betwixt the three of them, you'd think that Nat Wolf would be the director and that Pico Alexander's character would be the star. He just has a more starry face. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they just, for plot reasons, didn't want him to be the actor. I can understand why for plot reasons they made Nat Wolf the actor. And I was happy that he was the actor. He's just, he's just such a, such a puppy. The, the 180 that you've managed to make on Nat Wolf over the, <laughs> the course of one film. <laughs> It's so funny to me. All it took was this film, and he's my he's my son now. Um, I have a CJ knows about this. I have a a habit of of collecting um, <laughs> of adopting children from different media that she consumes. Yes. So <laughs> when we got drunk and watched The Descendants um, early in the pandemic last March or April, whenever it was that we watched it, um, Boo Boo Stewart. I've adopted him. He is my son now. Which makes a which is funny because you still haven't watched um, Julie and the Phantoms, uh, which he's on on. Netflix. I know, and he's in it. I he's don't know a, why I haven't watched. He's it. a dancing gay ghost. I love dancing gay ghosts, and I love that for my and I love that for my firstborn son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so various other things we will watch if there's just like a lovable character like that. I'm like, oh, you are now my child and so i'm forced to adopt these three um but the one that i latched onto in like the one that i liked the most right away was george yes and george uh, george is played by uh john rudnitsky who is uh as you said uh played uh the roommate's fiance and set it up and he's great in that he's great in this he was an snl guy he was a writer oh. on snl and then made it on to a couple of tapings but uh immediately i don't know if he was fired or he like got demoted or quit because he did um he was anderson cooper in a sketch and Mm -hmm. made anderson cooper a little like queenie Mm. and anderson cooper was like famously not a fan of it and stuff like that so but also i just uh, um and and i don't know if anything else you but he's also a stand-up and he just seems so prime for like and like an nbc single cam (laughs) 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 like with 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 like i don't know who could play his dad (laughs) 
with Martin Sheen. With, with Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. There we go. Like an like he'd be he'd be great. And uh and I think that he's he's also pretty great in here. He's kind of neurotic and yeah. um and af- afraid of Harry in a way which it makes mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic between the two of them as a group. Mhm. Yeah, I just I really really liked him like immediately. He has all these really cute scenes with the older of the two daughters mm-hmm. because she wants to be a writer, she wants to be a playwright. She's in I think 5th grade mm-hmm. and she is also really neurotic and just really anxious all the time. And you just get this really cute, like, big brother vibe where he's like, no, you should do the thing. And, like, talks her into writing her play for school and tells her, like, yeah, I'm going to go. And um, the whole thing just sets up a really nice found family vibe Yeah, with with the guys and everyone in in Alice's family because they... So they have their, they go out for her birthday. Everybody Mm -hmm. gets super lit. Everybody goes back to Alice's fucking family villa. I love that the, I love that in the, in the, in the bar or whatever, the, the, the music's pretty clubby until Alice's friends and the boys all start hanging out together. And then it becomes very Nancy Myers, one violin, one horn, and one person strumming a guitar. Yes. I loved the score in this. The score was as much a Italian villa in the 70s vibe as the actual villa was yeah. like that house. Like I really liked the score. It just made everything everything just felt so sun-drenched and pleasant. Mm-hmm. I just really liked the vibe that yeah. the the score made through the whole thing. Um so they all go back to the aforementioned villa. And um, we have this really awkward, almost sex scene with Alice and Harry. uh, Harry. Um, And then the next morning, her mom, who has been keeping her kids, brings the kids home because they have to pick up some stuff for school. Her mom, who is played by Candace Bergen and... Candace Bergen is why I think that this there's a line in there where like she's talking about how her ex-husband Alice's father who's passed away in in this film um met a young she was a star in his movies and then he met a younger thing and they got divorced Mm. but now he's dead so she wins and I was just like some like wine aunt (laughs) from like Encino saw this the fucking arc light and was just like yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> yes her mom is Candace Bergen is absolutely freaking delightful I love her she is one of the best like low-key best parts of the movie she's just a delight um and she's the one who she like has breakfast with the boys Mm -hmm. while Alice then takes her daughters to school and Alice comes back and her mom and the boys are still there. And her mom is just like, they live with you now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I I love those kinds of uh, things. These, these things that would obviously never happen that you go to California with your short film and immediately get like, name uh, like name producers offering you like whatever and and then to get to stay in an in an awesome villa or whatever although i will say this i say that but like in my experience people are nicer than you think yeah like i would I, say that i went true. i went down to columbia like when i was in college and I was just walking just to see a friend and go to a film festival. And I had some free time and I was just walking around and I stopped by this place called Gumby's Pizza. Hope it's still down there. It was great pizza. Somehow they got the rights to the character Gumby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or it's in Columbia, Missouri. So the producers of Gumby were like, eh. Yeah, whatever. We'll let um, them have it. <laughs> so, um, like he was on the outside of the building and everything. It was fucking crazy. And the I go in there and I'm having a pizza and I see this this guy down the way. And like I'm talking to the bartender and I'm talking to him. 
and um, then like me and this guy, we, we just, uh, his name was David. He's very tall um, <laughs> and very ginger. And we started talking and we we're drinking and I, I, he lived in Colombia, So he was just like, oh, I know tons of spots around. So I literally spent almost 12 hours with this dude, just drinking and going around to different spots. I met his mm. girlfriend um at like some hookah place and stuff like that he took me to like this crazy antique store so like i'm not saying that you're gonna go to california and then be invited to live in hallie meyer shire's guest (laughs) 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 but people are nicer than you think that's the moral of the story and it's an acceptable romantic comedy like suspension of disbelief jump to right. make so yeah because her mom is just like you've got a guest house these boys are super lovable mm-hmm. they're your boys now also when uh when teddy nat wolf's character uh jumps on the bed now again we're, we spend a lot of the time talking about the material nature of this movie and like the bed did look very comfortable it rich did. people have such i know because like my parents hang out with a lot of rich people <laughs> like <laughs> rich people have nice ass shit so like, <laughs> and teddy just like embracing a pillow and telling george he's like no you just you gotta feel these you, sheets yes you have what to are stop talking even and made stop worrying and you have to lay down <laughs> but um whilst um Harry is still trying to mack on Alice. And eventually he does, and it gets, you know, it becomes a routine a little bit Mm. for a while. And they show up to, like, uh, where she's just, like, hosting, like, a yoga class in her backyard. Because that's what you can do when that's your backyard. Um, I would host all kinds of yoga classes. I would host yoga classes and then just not do yoga. And then we all, like, order a pizza and do mushrooms that's that's my dream in that backyard but like uh, we uh, they come in and her friend tracy is just like so you're getting live-in tech support daycare and sex i don't understand what your problem is what problem is there to have not really and she and like it's a guest house so it's not like they're staying like in her house like listen I am in closer proximity to a dozen neighbors than she was with the boys. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. Because they're across that solid two acre backyard in the guest house. Mm -hmm. So. And they can cook. Teddy can cook. Apparently a very good lasagna. Teddy cooks lasagna and he's the tech support. And George is good with the kids. And. She's boning Harry, which with cheekbones like that. Yeah. Don't cut your thighs. Um, the. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's what got you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Don't cut your thighs. It's a danger. Look. I assume. <laughs> with that one (laughs) so um it it eventually sort of comes to a head where things kind of just start falling apart um the ex-husband gets a little wary that there are three strange men living in his home now we're not even his home it's not his home it's her dad's house it's not his home even a little bit You've been fucking off partying between New York and Miami. With the new Sam Smith or whatever. Like, people hire live-in nannies all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's functionally what George is at this point. He's a live-in nanny with a laptop. Yeah. And um, there is, so the ex-husband starts to get really weirded out by the fact that the three guys are staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lake Bell's client character has decided to completely shaft Alice by hiring another decorator under her nose, even though Alice has been doing everything above and mm-hmm. beyond 
up to babysitting her daughter. Yeah. Um uh to to get the client to like take her on as an actual uh interior designer and then um she gets a little too complacent with Harry who uh is uh becoming a little bit of a hot shot now that he's in with the producer played by reed scott and is sort of like shaking hands so he doesn't show up to a dinner party which how did you feel about alice's reaction to that i felt like she was definitely overreacting yeah a little bit But I also got the vibe that it, like, wasn't really about that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, it's definitely an overreaction. Like, that's just, like, a casual dinner party with your friends. And he already had that other thing scheduled before you invited him to it. And it was important for his career. Yeah. So, like, but I think it was more about her panic that she is sleeping with this much younger guy. And she has issues about it and that was just like a catalyst for her to be like let's just let's just get rid of it now and that was the excuse that she needed definitely um and then on the boy side there's a ton of internal turmoil Mm -hmm. because harry seems to be sort of the the tyrannical leader of this group him is the director uh george is the writer and uh, teddy is the star of the short film where george the agents call him and say, hey, we have some more work for you. And they kind of, like, force him into the job, but it's a job yeah. that he needed to take. Um, yeah. Where he's punching up a thriller, and Teddy gets, uh, you know, some sides for a pilot and stuff like that. And the breakup or disruption with Harry and Alice uh, also uh, compounded on by... Harry assuming that them taking these other jobs mean meaning uh, assuming that them taking the other jobs means that they aren't committed to the project that they apparently all came to California for mm-hmm. uh, sort of makes them blow up a little bit as well. And then the dad <laughs> comes home and then the ex-husband is being a dick to Teddy as he's sulking on a bench and it ends in Teddy just beating the shit out of him. Well, before that, I do like the scene where, like, he is sort of trying to reassert his place as the head of the family or whatever, Mm -hmm. where he just sort of comes in out of nowhere. But, like, all of the stuff that he's supposed to be doing as a dad, all of the stuff that he's supposed to know, all of the responsibilities he's supposed to have, the boys have all taken on. Mm-hmm. Like there's a really good moment where he says, um, and when, when is your play to Isabel, the daughter and all three of the boys just in unison next Friday. Yeah. Like <laughs> they just instantly know when it is. And he just kind of looks at him like, Hmm. <laughs> But, like, I don't feel bad for him. Like, he's been a shitty dad, a shitty partner. You don't get to just waltz back in, especially when his excuse for showing up completely unannounced, which is so inappropriate, was he told his wife, well, I was afraid you would tell me not to come. I was like, bitch. I've been telling you to come forever. We have had, like, four different scenes of Reese on the phone with him begging to finally come and parent their children and him being like, oh, I've got... I've got this thing or oh, I've got this thing. And and he just wakes up one day and was like, wait, I miss my wife and kids and decides to just <laughs> yes. show up out of the blue. Wait, there are three hot boys in my, in my, in yeah. my wife's house. Yeah. Like had that not been a thing, would he have ever bothered to show up? Like it was, yeah. it was all about a threat to his own masculinity and not anything to do with, his wife or children. And so I was really glad when later after Teddy beats the shit out of him, um, he talks to Alice and it, it does kind of seem like they're going to get back together. And that's clearly what he's really gunning for. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I want a divorce. I am ready to be rid of your ass. And I want a divorce. And I was like, thank God I'm not. Cause I wasn't super invested in her and Harry's relationship. Um, 
Because he's just kind of sleazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he is. He 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 is. Um, I don't want to use the word aggressive. He's forward. He's very he's forward. He's very forward. Yes, that uh, is true. And not in a, and I don't mean sleazy in a, I get like predatory vibes for him, from but, him. In but any just way, like, but. yeah. And that's why I didn't want to use aggressive, but very yeah. forward in the way that somebody with a face like that and a hair like that and a and 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 uh who who has experienced the air that is up there because <laughs> he's very tall as well I, that person is gonna come off like that 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 has fidelity that makes sense to me yes um, yeah and i think that they have chemistry yeah um but uh that all comes to a head where like teddy can kind of sense Austin, the ex-husband, trying to weasel his way back into the family and stuff like that. And they're kind of like having this tentative, this back and forth. And uh, that ends in Teddy uh, uh, <laughs> just punching Austin's lights out. Um, and yeah. they get into like this big fight. George tries to bake it up and stuff like that. But then Reese is just like, I don't, Alice is like, I don't, I don't, this can't happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, was sensible. I was sad because I, my primary investment in this entire movie is the found family of, mm. of the three boys and her and the kids and her mom and like the, the entire thing. Yeah. Like the investment for me wasn't solely on her and Harry's relationship. It was, it was the whole found family thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sad to see them go. I was like, I understand why. And I'm glad she kicked Austin to the curb, too. I'm yeah. glad she she was like, you are also part of the problem. So you have to go. And then she has a nice moment with the, with the girls where she's just like, yeah, it's probably just going to be us for a while, but that's going to be nice. And, yeah. And I, and I like that. So then you have this uh, sort of time where, like, sort of, like, the following action is happening. A, like some semblance of falling action is happening. The mm-hmm. boys move out. They get their own place now that they're getting advances and stuff from their agents. Uh, yes. And um, and uh, Teddy gets hired on at, at the pilot. And yeah. um, and obviously George is getting paid for punching up that thriller. And um, you know they sort of settle back into like a normal thing at Alice's household and stuff like that. But eventually. Uh, Alice is just like I feel shitty about the way that we left things so she Mm -hmm. comes over she brings flowers they sort of reconcile in that way I I love that the blow up because if the blow up had lasted longer than it did it would have broken one the sort of effervescent nature of the movie Mm -hmm. but also it would have sort of um, if it was any more dramatic than it got it would have completely taken me out of the movie. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah. glad that they resolved it in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have our big clock and climax. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where uh, they have to go pitch their movie to a financier, but it's on the same day as the eldest daughter's play. <laughs> so. Um, and George promised he was going to be backstage. Yeah, he did. For Isabel. So that she wouldn't be nervous. And, uh, yeah, so uh, he was going to meet Miss Honey backstage and be on on the side uh, of the stage so she wouldn't, you know, uh, uh, have stage fright and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they go and they do. um, the, The financier is really late and stuff like that. But he finally gets there and they're just like, yeah, we really want to sell you our movie. And he's just like, well, what if it had more action? What if it had a talking dog? What if, um, <laughs> yeah. what if we put, uh, I, I don't know, uh, uh, Rebel Wilson? <laughs> and, oh, he wanted to cast Josh Hutcherson. He was Josh like, "What about Hutcherson, that kid yeah. from the from the Hunger Games?" I assume he meant Josh Hutcherson. He could have meant Liam Hemsworth, but anyway, he was like, "What if we cast that kid from the Hunger Games?" And they were like, "Uh, but Teddy though." 
and even in 2017 i feel like that's a weird pull too yeah yeah. what about what about that kid from the hunger games both kids from the hunger games are on streaming right now yeah Uh, and one of and and one of them is on the the streaming service that happened to implode last year start and implode last year so uh but uh, you know it was 2017, whatever. And um, they're just like, well, how about we not? How about we save our movie for somebody who is into our ideas and our star because he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what we have to say as a filmmaking collective, we've got to go see a little girl at a, at a middle school play. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's a nice little moment. Everyone seems impressed. Even Marvel Stan, who set up the meeting. Yeah. And um then uh they rush there and but they can't get in because there's a snooty teacher who's (laughs) trying not to let them in to see her so he so george like runs backstage and or runs around the building and into a side door and backstage and uh and sees miss honey and he's like are you miss honey and she's like are you george and they're just like whoa yeah and then they're like (laughs) oh hot and i was instantly like Yes, give me a happy ending for my George. <laughs> and uh, they get to see her play, which is about them. And it's mm. great. And it was really cute. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, so, and then they all go back and they have dinner under some lights and Home Again by Carol King plays because of course it does. Got to. And uh, and then the movie ends and that's that's Home Again, man. Yeah. What a what a what a pleasant movie! I just like watching it. It's, it's it really is fun. like it is for the first time in a long time a below freezing movie that I would watch again. Like if I am just needing some good vibes, I could totally just pour my make myself one of those pitchers of mimosa I was talking about, <laughs> and just throw it on. That's funny. And just good vibes to be had. Just that—that that is the perfect exp- like subtitle for it. Home again, colon, good vibes. Yeah, it's like that is that's really what it is. It feels escapist, obviously, because we're in like a fucking hellscape right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, and people can like touch each other and be nice. <laughs> just like it feels completely foreign. Um, that birthday scene. I was just like, remember when we could do that. <laughs> i do i do because we did do that occasionally we did you know last new year's eve was lit as the kids say as the kids say <laughs> so it, yeah it was and and one day we'll be able to do it again mm-hmm. uh we'll be able to go to movie theaters rihanna <gasps> will release another album <laughs> uh beyonce will give an interview um all these things totally gonna happen soon (laughs) and that was home again and when we come back we're gonna get the movie freezies you look so familiar have we met before that's insane she was married to john kenny she was in all of his movies who's this one now oh my god wait you're lillian stewart that's awesome Really? And I'm pretty sure this is John Kinney's house. Hold on, how do you know all of this? I stumbled into that room back there with all your dad's stuff. I'm sorry, I just got a little lost. I'm a huge, huge fan of your father's. You're John Kinney's daughter? Yes, she is. And you are? Yeah. Am I free to head home now? Because I... Not yet. No. Okay. As fun as this has been, believe it or not, I have a meeting to go to. So maybe we should wrap it up. We're filmmakers, too. You know, just like your husband. Everybody is, doll. We're in L.A. I can't believe you're here and you're you. This is surreal. You're a terrific actress. Come on. I mean, I did a few small parts here and there. You were also smoking hot, like in the movie of the yellow bikini. I was like, whoa, hello. Come on. <laughs> Alice, did you hear what he said? Yes. And we're back. And this is the show. We give the movie Freezy Awards. They're going to be the things we enjoyed, things we forgot to shit on in the recap things that uh we just want to make a joke about micah do you have freezies for home again i do um my first freezy it's got to go to the house man (laughs) it's just 
the terracotta roof tiles, the the way they set the house up in that opening, like, I know it's not, I don't know if it's meant to be 70s, but it felt really 70s, and mm-hmm. the film filter they put on it as that, like, wonderful music plays, and you get your first, like, sights of the house in the backyard. I just want to have brunch there every day <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> my second freezy, I am going to give to the the score slash soundtrack because I just really like it had a lot to do with those just wonderful, like kind of Mediterranean sun drenched vibes that the whole movie has. And it really added to the escapism of it all. Um, I thought they did a really good job with the score. I really John enjoyed Debney it. did the music. Uh, mm-hmm. John Debney did the music. A guy, uh, he was nominated for a Academy Award best score for *The Passion of Christ*. Oh, so shout out to him. Still getting work. what a range in vibe. <laughs> what a range in vibe, indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my last freezy goes to the adoption papers that I am going to sign. <laughs> Drafted as we speak. For for Pico Alexander, Nat Wolf, and John Rudnitsky. There is a um a clause within it that include that is that codifies my apologies to Nat Wolf. <laughs> he is marvelous. He is a he is a sweet puppy. And um I was so wrong. I was so wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Nat Wolf. You are a delight. And I no longer have a preferred wolf brother. They're both great. And um, probably I would I would agree to adopt them both. So those are those are my those are my freezies. Uh, okay, uh, so my first freezy goes to that home theater setup that they had to surprise her when she got home from her job with like Belle. It was yes. straight out of a Coles ad from like 2006. I was here for it. Same. That is the way I would want to watch. Uh, a movie if I had the wherewithal and the space and the money it was really great um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna split my hunch from Rockadoodle Best Supporting Actor between Candace Bergen mm-hmm. uh, much like the Oscars tend to award somewhat for the performance that's nominated and somewhat for a performance that they neglected to award when it was time to actually award that performance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Candace Bergen this for this movie. Cause she's great in this, but she's mm-hmm. also really good in that new HBO max, Steven Soderbergh movie. Let them all talk. She's fantastic. Oh, in it, yeah. And I don't think she's going to win the best support. I think she's going to be nominated, but I don't think she's going to win. So as a consolation prize, she gets to have <laughs> the best supporting actress on from Rockadoodle. And I'm splitting that with John Ren- John Rutnitsky, who plays George, he's great in this. Like you said, he's great in Set It Up. I think he's, like, perfect for, like, some... I mean, they are they not making shows about white men anymore? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we've Because if they are point. and they're not casting him... What the fuck are they doing? I don't I don't get it. But he's very much a, a part of that cast of comedy performers that I mm-hmm. see and stuff that I'm waiting for them to be the lead of a thing. Because mm-hmm. you have this, especially during the, uh, the Apatow days, there would be like, um, you'd have this sort of ensemble cast in a comedy and the Apatow days, like he's dead or something. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But it, you'd have this ensemble in a comedy or something. And then eventually all of them would end up getting their own thing. Like how mm-hmm. Seth got knocked up and eventually Paul Rudd got all of his stuff and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, um, and Russell Brand and all those people. And there's there's a new class of folks that I'm waiting for them to have their break. Uh, Rudnitsky is one of them. Um, there's two people from... Um, Booksmart, um, mm. uh, uh, Skylar Gazondo, who was like the nerdy kid, mm-hmm. and um, Molly Gordon. I see Molly Gordon peppered around. She was the the mean girl in the bathroom who told them mm. that like, yeah, 
I uh, like giving hand jobs, but I also got like um, into Harvard <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like that girl, I, she's peppered around tons of stuff, uh, and I, and I'm really I really want to see her in a lead thing too. So um, and and like I said, Rudnitsky is definitely a part of that class of folks. So uh, mm-hmm. for him as well, and then my third and final freezy is going to go to i didn't think up a third freezy which is off brand for me (laughs) uh i think that my third and final freezy is going to go to the vibes they're good vibes they are good vibes and it's just like you you know me micah rewatches everything i rewatch specific things mm-hmm. i rewatch set it up maybe three times a year yeah and like because that move like i always tell people like i think i would i want to live in the day of that like that rich people's house party that they go to right before they go to the engagement party or whatever I that day I want and yeah. then they have the pizza like I that that day I would want to live in forever mm-hmm. um, agreed and, and this movie is a lot of that feeling a lot of that um that sunny coziness and um and I very much like rewatching it in the same way that I like watching set it up over and over again to sort of get that vibe because it's not mm-hmm. the vibe that you get from a, like a Nora Ephron thing and it's I don't yeah, think it's... that it's up to the level and not in a quality way but just the the sort of relatable opulence which feels like an oxymoron but is definitely I think the perfect way to describe Nancy Myers's work mm-hmm. um uh it's not up to there but it is it is it feels good and and uh i i this movie i love for that reason so those those are my freezies and now we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burnt micah oh yeah it's still fresh like there are very few movies we have done for this that weren't my idea (laughs) because i've (laughs) Because I've done my share of inflicting, <laughs> but it was it's this is one of the few that I'm like would totally would totally watch again. Like mm-hmm. I can absolutely see the scenario where I just throw this on because I because I need some sunny warm fuzzies. Like it's January right now. It's the most miserable fucking month of the year during the most miserable pandemic we've ever experienced. So uh, we need some sun and this kind of just feels like chilling in the sun for an afternoon in movie form yeah so yeah well, total totally so fresh for me and uh for me as well i love this movie it was the most pleasant surprise when i just randomly went to go see it a few years ago i mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I still do. I think that it just uh, feels good to watch. I didn't even have to really watch it again for this. <laughs> for this, Just because I, I kind of know it's uh, it inside and out. Um, and Friend of the Pod, Megan is a fan of it too. We watched it together, I think, last yeah. year. So uh, it's it's a good one. It's, it's good. Yeah. Would recommend. All right. So that was Home Again. Um, just a nice, a nice little, a little watch for the two of us. I do feel a little bit bad that like <laughs> we didn't let a guest watch it because it was actually well, good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make our guests watch the bad stuff. Um, but CJ, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at CJ period that C E E J A Y and the word period. I'm assuming you know how to spell it on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow and subscribe to my weekly newsletter it comes out every Friday. It's called monoplex and it is sort of a digest. I let you know what's on streaming every week, but I also uh, that's new on streaming every week, but I also uh, talk a little about some of my favorite things uh, that I'm watching. I don't tell you what to watch. I just tell you what's out there. So you can go and subscribe to that as well. 
and it is super great. Can confirm. I've really been enjoying that. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at MicahRenneeB and on Instagram at LowKeyStrokeTheLemur. You can find the show at Below32Pod everywhere. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow. If you feel so inclined, drop us a review. Five-star reviews help other people find the show easier. And if you don't think it's five stars, we'd love to hear why. We always want to know what we can be doing better. Uh, and special thank you to Riley Watson, a.k.a. W, for our wonderful theme song. CJ, what are we watching next week? Well, Kristen Bennett is finally coming back. Uh, she did the Obsessed yeah. episode with us. And we are going to be unthawing a rom-com from the 90s starring Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Hansen. Ted Danson, excuse me. And uh, it's called <laughs> it's our first Whoopi movie. That's insane oh to me. I mean... It is insane to me, but also it's not insane to me because we watch bad movies. This is fair. Um, but you could not have chosen two more delightful people. And they, they, they used to date in real life. Oh, did you not know that? No. Oh, yeah. I, that feels like something I have heard now that you say that, but it was definitely not something that I remembered. We will talk all, in addition to talking <laughs> about the film, we will talk all about the weird only could happen in the 90s public spectacle that was the uh the like year <laughs> that Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson dated <laughs> um but uh like I said Kristen Bennett's gonna be back for that and I'm actually super excited to watch it because I like that movie I like Made in America so uh yeah that's what we're watching well that is super exciting Definitely come back for that next week, everybody. And until then, y'all stay frosty. Bye-bye.